you're listening to the Telltale channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Trump pastor Shane Vaughn just laying it out. Trump is a messiah and voting for DeSantis is betraying the faith. A civil war within televangelist circles. It's not brewing anymore, it's exploding. Right-wing figures like Pete Santilli's rhetoric getting completely out of hand. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. The Democratic Party is possessed by preternatural evil. It is not a human institution anymore. This is John Zimmerak. He was on the Eric Metaxas show. There are a couple of far-right political figures or public figures, if you will, and they are unhinged from reality, dude. That is an unhinged thing to say about what you consider to be your political enemy, I guess, that they're possessed by Satan. Like, what? This came out mid-August 2022. He had a lot more to say on this subject. Listen to the whole thing here. This is spiritual warfare, and we are now in, in the Normandy landing of spiritual warfare. The Democratic Party is possessed. The Normandy landing. Dude is comparing the left, or I guess anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport, as th he's comparing them to Hitler. That's nuts. That is absolutely unhinged. By preternatural evil. It is not a human institution anymore. It is an instrument of wicked spirits. This is demonic. Our enemies are demonic. There's no turning the other cheek. There's no being winsome. So the point here is he doesn't believe that it's worth it to try to mend fences or work with other people on the other side of the aisle. Doesn't think it's even possible because he thinks they're possessed by Satan. This is a level of dehumanization that is honestly disturbing to see. Like I said, he's not a nobody. Like he's not like as famous as Donald Trump, I suppose, but he is well known on the right. He's well known in some circles. There's no compromise possible. And, with I, these I, and I want to be clear just theologically, because in the past, if you don't clarify these things, people misinterpret them. Okay. He wants to be clear theologically. Is he going to come in and correct something? Well, folks, we're not saying that these people are demons. We're saying that they're being used by demons. And we need to understand that at the heart of all this, this is a spiritual battle. There's no other way to make sense of it. If you're solving for X, if you know how to do algebra, you solve for X, you don't even need to believe in God. This will make you believe in God. This will make you understand. When you look at this, you say, there is no other possible explanation. If I connect all the dots... It, it doesn't make any sense. Greed, uh, politics, nothing could account for what we're seeing ex except something genuinely spiritually dark and wicked. Yeah, that may be true if anything that he said actually matched up to reality, but it doesn't. Everything that he said was complete and total nonsense. Like, these people seem to be convinced that there's some sort of a, a cabal behind the scenes pulling strings and making things happen in dark, smoke-filled rooms. Like, the left is secretly trying to 
take out conservatives or something. Like, this is all completely made up. It's like Eric Metaxas and John Zimmerak live in a completely different reality from everybody else. It's nuts. The reason I wanted to play that clip is because I got a voicemail relating to it. So let's give this voicemail a listen and see what they have to say. Hi, Owen. This is Rick from Ohio. Here recently, it seems like a lot of the Christian right are labeling the left as a demonic group. I'm wondering how much of that is so they can justify any atrocity they want to commit. Because if the group is demonic and wholly evil, then nothing they do can be morally wrong against it. Just a thought. Love to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. Love everything you do. Yeah, I appreciate that. And what you say is a really good point. Um, I don't think that the vast majority of the people that are saying this stuff are doing it maliciously or cynically. I think the vast majority of the people saying this, up to and including John Zemerak and Eric Metaxas themselves, I think they believe it. But there are, I think, some people on the right who don't believe this stuff who are fully aware that these are just people who have different ideas than them. And honestly, the left isn't even that crazy. They're not crazy at all, truthfully. Like, they're they're just normal people. There isn't some concerted effort to, like, oppress white people or to force white people to blah, 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 or force men to suffer because this or that. It's all made up, all of it. There's somebody on the right who knows that? Which ones know it and, and which ones don't? I'm not sure. At the very least, I think people like Lance Walna, Hank Kuhneman, Mario Murillo, and Kenneth Copeland and some others know very well the left is not completely unhinged from reality and trying to ruin everyone's life. They must know that. Those people specifically. But they are continuing to demonize the left and take part in these culture war issues and stuff like that, in my opinion, because they are financially incentivized to. The crazier things that they say, the more attention they receive. This applies to Ben Shapiro, too. He's not an idiot, that guy. Ben Shapiro's not dumb. So why does he say such ridiculous, dumb things? Because he knows it'll bring him attention, in my opinion. This is, in my opinion, largely about attention. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But in the meantime, it is working people into a blood frenzy. The, the listeners, the people on the bottom rung who don't have a public platform, who are just going to work every day and turning on their AM radio and, and listening to Rush Limbaugh, or at least before he died. Those types of people believe the things that these others are saying. And that's what makes it so concerning. Hi, Owen. My name's Jesse. I'm in Colorado. Um, really enjoy your show. Thank you for doing what you do. Oh, I'm looking at buying a house here in the next couple weeks, and it's directly across from a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. Um, I'm a gender non-conforming gay woman, and I was just wondering if you thought that was going to be, like, safe. Um, I'd appreciate an answer. Thanks so much. Bye. So I got this phone call um, a few weeks ago, a month ago, maybe, and I, I actually already answered it. I said, yeah, I think it would be perfectly safe. Jehovah's Witnesses are totally fine with that. 
When I heard gender non-conforming, I thought trans. I was actually, it sounds like I was mistaken. I think they're just gender non-conforming. That's my mistake. I apologize. But they left a follow-up voicemail for me. So let's listen and see what else they had to say after calling back in. Hi, Owen. This is Jesse from Colorado. I really appreciated the answer. Thank you. I'm going to take that into account. Um, I think I'm probably going to end up buying that home. But I just wanted to answer your question. So I'm a cis woman, meaning I was assigned female at birth. and I My mistake. Sorry about that. Identify with that assignment. I, I am a cis woman. Um, and by gender nonconforming, I mean that I am very masculine in appearance, um, a butch lesbian. So, okay, that makes sense. Very short hair. I dress in men's clothing. Um, it doesn't change how I identify as a woman, but it it definitely um, means that I present very masculine, which can be off-putting to a lot of people um, who are religious. <laughs> So thank you again for answering my question. I really appreciated it. Have a great day. With that context in mind, as far as buying a house near a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall, I think it'd be fine still. I, I wouldn't worry about it. Jehovah's Witnesses will, for the most part, just totally leave you alone and not bother you at all. If hell, They may try to convert you, at which point it, you're perfectly free to tell them to cram it, in my opinion. You know, they open the door. You can feel free to close it, but... Yeah, I, I think that they'll be perfectly fine. Nothing to worry about there. Anyway, thank you for the voicemail. I appreciate that. Hey, Owen, this is Lawrence from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, this is not really a um, uh, call to religious-based question, but uh, I'm starting my own YouTube channel where I'm discussing uh, the same type of topics, and I was just wondering what kind of equipment you use as far as um, computer, mic, uh, uh, bro uh, broadcasting programs, and things like that. Uh, if you got any answers or just want to share some information on that, I'd really appreciate it. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love your show. Love what you do. And uh, keep, keep it up. Bye. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate that. Um, I currently use an EOS 90D. It's a Canon camera. And I, I'm not sure what it goes for right now. I think $1,500. I bought it forever ago. And it's been an absolutely phenomenally good camera. Only problem is you can't really live stream with it. Not well not easily it doesn't look that good because you have to downscale it to like 1270 by 720 or whatever it is i don't know what the exact resolution is i prefer to record in 4k which this camera is capable of at 30 fps and then downscale it to 1080p because downscaling from 4k to 1080 inevitably looks better it always looks better than just recording in 1080 I also use a Shure SM7B microphone. This is things fantastic. I have a Scarlett Solo audio interface to plug this into, and I have a cloud lifter also to amplify it, turn this mic up, because it's naturally really quiet. Although I, I think if I could go back in time and do it differently, I would probably get a Rode something or other that has a soundboard on it as an audio interface instead of a Scarlett Solo, but it does the trick. As far as live streaming camera goes, that gets a lot more expensive. I just have a generic, what's called PTZ, pan tilt zoom camera. It's like a camcorder, basically. And those are really hard to find for good ones. I'm still looking for a decent one. David Pakman has one that costs like $10,000. I don't have that kind of money to throw around on a camera. So 
Yeah, I'm just going to stick with a kind of a rough, cheap PTZ that I use off of Amazon for now. I think that's all the equipment. Um, I use a Mac to do my edits on Final Cut Pro, and I use a Windows computer to live stream with vMix. vMix is fantastic if you're doing live streaming. It's an alternative to OBS. So yeah, hopefully that answered the question. I appreciate the voicemail. I also use, I have an Avermedia capture card that does dual capture. I've had some weird problems with it. So I also have some Elgato capture cards and some others. So yeah, I use capture cards for that. I think I have a total of five capture cards, but I only use three of them consistently. Hey, Owen, this is JD from Saskatchewan calling in. Um, and I want to ask you a question about in regards to judge, changing your judgment from Trump Trumpism being a religion to a Christian denomination. And right. So just for some context, I released a video not too long ago about Donald Trump being considered a messiah by some reasonably well-known religious leaders. And the question is, is this a new denomination of Christianity? Or is it a new religion altogether? Because Donald Trump is very much considered a brand new Messiah. Not the second coming of Jesus, but specifically the Son of Man, a brand new Messiah. In the same vein, Muhammad was considered a new Messiah. Jesus was considered a Messiah. Judaism is still waiting for the Messiah to appear. So this is like... um. So this is like built off of Christianity. They believe Jesus was real and everything, but they also believe in Trump. Just, I'm not upset or anything. I'm just curious about what made you change your um, mind, your judgment. Cause you, because I remember in your Trump is officially considered Messiah video, it's, you said like the Trump religion, it, is Trumpism is like basically a religion, just like how Christianity is a separate religion from Judaism. I don't know, man. It's just I'm just curious about it. Thanks. Bye. I'm kind of leaning toward Trumpism is a brand new, full blown religion rather than a denomination of Christianity, because Christianity is a subset of Judaism in itself, right? Christianity, in large part, has a lot of the same beliefs and ideas and the same holy books that Judaism has. And in the same way, Trumpism has the same holy books and beliefs that Christianity has. So I lean toward religion, but it, I, I'm not sure if I'm fully there yet. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Is Trumpism a religion or a denomination of Christianity? Tell me in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about Trump pastor Shane Vaughn just laying it out. Trump is a messiah and voting for DeSantis is betraying the faith. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Yahshua was the Messiah of mankind, but Donald Trump is the Messiah of America. This is Shane Vaughn, a Trump pastor extraordinaire. Loves the dude to death. 
And he had some interesting things to say about the election that's about to take place between Donald Trump and, you know, the, the general election in the United States, 2024 presidential election. Of course, it doesn't happen for a while still. But Trump, as we know, announced like years before it was actually going to happen. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. I want to talk about what Shane Vaughn had to say for himself regarding Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, who seems pretty obvious are going to run against each other, because this guy is a Trump prophet. He views Trump as a messiah. You just heard it with his own words. So you know it's going to get absolutely nutty. Some of the stuff he's going to say about Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and all the others. Before we listen to some of the things that he's said about Trump and DeSantis, though, let me just give you a little bit of background on him, show you the rest of that clip so you have a little bit of context. This is a pastor on the right here. This is Kim Clement, and he is commonly by the Trump movement. He's used as evidence that Trump is the Messiah because he supposedly prophesied that Trump is going to run for president at some point in the future. And lo and behold, Donald Trump ran for president and eventually won. That, that makes him a prophet of God or something, apparently. Listen to what Shane Vaughn has to say here, dude on the left. This is mid-August 2022. What is the prophetic seal that Yahweh placed upon Donald Trump and upon his, his true people? It is supernatural prosperity and blessings. So God will bless you, supernaturally bless you with prosperity if you support Donald Trump, basically is what he's saying. That's the prophetic seal. Donald Trump carries the prophetic seal of the calling of God. He is Joseph. If you are anointed by Yahweh for a specific plan and purpose, you are a Messiah. He knows that was an absolutely crazy thing to say, so he's going to give the audience a second to absorb it. Yahshua was the Messiah of mankind, but Donald Trump is the Messiah of America. So this guy's theology about Donald Trump goes a lot deeper than just this. I mean, this isn't... Okay, there's something called nutpicking. I, I don't know if you heard of this or not. It's the nutpicking fallacy, basically, where you pick out the nutter butters out of a movement, the, the really, really crazy ones, and hold it up as a representation of an overall movement, like picking out some weird little nutcase on the right who wants to like burn down buildings and saying the entire right wing of America wants to do that. That's, that's the nutpicking fallacy, and that's not fair. That's not what I'm doing here. This guy is not a nobody. He has a massive platform with tens of thousands, maybe millions of people who listen to him every month. He's not a nobody on the right. Like you may not have heard of him, but that's because the right seems to have this weird little insular group that it, it's nearly impossible to pierce. And like everybody on the right knows about all these people. Like I'd be willing to bet... You probably haven't heard of Julie Green unless you watch my channel. You probably haven't heard of Shane Vaughn or Johnny Enlow or others. But would you be surprised to find that the people that I just named pray over congressmen? And Julie Green, for example, was the official campaign prophet 
of the Doug Mastriano campaign. Dude was running for governor in Pennsylvania, got like 40% of the vote or something. These people aren't nobodies. It's just they're in such an insulated little group that it's impossible to punch through. So anyway, that's why this is not a nutpicking thing I'm doing here. Dude's not a nobody. That's why I want to talk about him. So let's talk about what he said recently about his messiah, Donald Trump, and his seemingly arch enemy now, Ron DeSantis. Uh, Deeply entertaining stuff, honestly. Listen to this, early February 2023. Uh, Before we watch it, though, I'm just curious. Let me see. Let me go to Rumble, see how many uh, subbies this guy has. Okay, it's called Professor Toto's Conservative College. 24,000 subbies, apparently, on Rumble. Interesting. I wonder how many Telegram subby he, subbies he's got. Let me check Telegram. Because 24,000 isn't that many, but it is Rumble, and it is probably not his main platform. Here it is. Professor Toto's Defenders of the Republic. Okay, 8,000 subbies on there, apparently. Interesting. Um, also, dude apparently calls himself Professor Toto because... In The Wizard of Oz, Toto was the dog, and he was, like, grabbing the curtain and pulling it away from um, the wizard or whatever to, like, reveal secrets. That's kind of the idea behind it. Kind of dumb, but okay. Let's listen. There is no MAGA without Donald Trump. It infuriates me to the core to see disloyalty. When you separate the man from a message... All of a sudden, the message will die because the anointing is on the man. Donald Trump is the leader of the MAGA movement. As I said, he believes that he's the Messiah. He's not just like a leader of the MAGA movement. He is effectively the second coming of Jesus. The theology behind this is kind of complex, and I actually covered it on my main channel a while back. But it's like a a brand new full-blown religion that's that's formed basically it's built on the idea that the son of man in the bible was supposed to be the cosmic judge that came along and sent people to heaven or hell or whatever you know brought about armageddon but before he came and brought about armageddon he had to take political power in israel That's pretty standard Christian theology, but in Shane Vaughn's mind and the minds of many other MAGA nutter butters, they believe that America is the new Israel, and Donald Trump taking authority over it as the president was the son of man taking his rightful place at the throne of government or whatever before Armageddon comes. So that's kind of the idea behind why he thinks that Trump is the new messiah. Oh, oh, yeah. One more thing. This guy believing that the son of man has to take political control over America can't possibly see himself worshiping anybody other than Trump. He can't see himself worshiping Ron DeSantis because he views Ron DeSantis as just another guy. Right. He doesn't view DeSantis or any other Republican in theological, religious, regal terms the way that he does Donald Trump for lack of a better term, or messianic or holy or anointed terms that way. Trump is the only one, and that's why he thinks Trump is the Messiah. You watched what happened to him two short years ago. You saw it with your eyes around midnight. Amen? Two years ago? What's he talking about? I guess they're talking about 
the 2020 election? That was like way longer than two years ago, but okay. For you to leave him now makes you a traitor of the MAGA movement. I don't care if you like it or not. And remember, the MAGA movement is a religious movement in his mind. He is the leader, he is one of the leaders of a religious movement. It's a religion, a denomination, if you will. I don't, because it's the truth. It makes you a traitor of the MAGA movement. You don't separate MAGA from the man that created it. You understand that? And to do so proves your character. It pre- Listen, when you do not support the man that God has ordained for the job, you are a Judas. So this is not, by any stretch of the imagination, the only example of this guy framing Donald Trump in terms or, or comparing him to religious figures. Like, for example, he compares Trump to Jesus entirely too often. It's constant. I have like tons of videos and we're going to take a look at some of that in a second. The guy believes that Trump is a messiah, straight up, calling you a Judas if you don't, if you vote for DeSantis instead of Trump. That's unhinged stuff, man. Check this one out. He kind of forms out his ideas about voting for DeSantis a little bit more. You know, DeSantis hasn't even announced that he's running. It's just DeSantis is like the only credible competitor or contender for the position against Trump. Nobody else has any hope of taking the position and unseating Donald Trump right now. And that time is going to pass. If DeSantis doesn't run this election cycle, 2024, he's not going to win. Like, Bernie Sanders is one of the most beloved and respected politicians in American history, in my opinion, right? Tons of people love the dude. And in 2016, he had the mandate of the people, in my opinion. But 2020 rolled around and he lost that mantle. It wasn't the same. You know, tons of people still voted for Bernie, but his time passed. That's what happens in presidential elections. Their time passes eventually. If DeSantis doesn't run in 2024, his time is going to pass, in my opinion. And he, he has no hope of running in 2028 and, and winning. People are going to lose interest and forget about it. So he's either going to have to run against Donald Trump right now or not, or just almost certainly not win an election at all, in my opinion. We'll see how things play out. Still entirely too early to tell, but just based off of historical data and how elections typically tend to go, that's my guess at how it'll happen. Anyway, listen to Shane Vaughn's take on DeSantis, like even further drawing this out into the religious movement that it is. Late January 2023. You must stand with Donald Trump You must know he's not just a man. He's God's man. He's a Messiah in his mind. He is your man. He's your children's man. He's your grandchildren's man. He's your mom's man. Yes, he's just a man. But remember, remember what I told you about the demons of Davos how they look for a body to use in the earthly realm. Dude, what the hell is he talking about right now? Demons of Davos looking for a body? What? So does God, Yahweh. He is spirit. Wow. Okay, that's really interesting. So 
just like demons sometimes possess people, he believes that God is currently possessing Donald Trump. That is absolutely crazy. He's going to do his will on the earth. I'm going to do your mom on the earth. As it is in heaven, he must have a man. And when you rebel against that man, when you stand against that man, you have stood against the God that anointed that man, the God that appointed that man, the God that chose that man. These demons want to turn you to Ron DeSantis. They want to turn you to Nikki Haley and Pence. But you must remain focused and know who Donald Trump is. Dude, I'm telling you, this guy views him as a religious figure. He's desperate to communicate this to people around him. He needs you to understand that Trump is the Messiah. As he said at the beginning, you remember? Trump is a Messiah of America. Absolutely nuts, dude. Dude's been going on about this for a while now. I think this is like in the forefront of his mind right now because Trump is attacking Ron DeSantis currently over his Twitter account or his Truth Social or Central or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Ron DeSantis deserves it, and I'm deeply satisfied to watch this infighting happening. I enjoy the hell out of it, but that's neither here nor there. Listen to what Shane Vaughn had to say about spiritual warfare and the drama that seems to be unfolding between DeSantis and Trump. Mid-January 2023. You are the 12 disciples that God has called to stand behind Donald Trump. Too many comparisons to Jesus, man. Too many. And if Satan can get you tired, Donald Trump loses. Because he cannot do this without you, and they know that. So that's why every day, who is they, I wonder? Who knows this secret information? Drama. Drama. And then here's what cowards say. I'm tired of all the drama. It's not drama. It's spiritual warfare. Learn the difference. Carnal-minded people think it's drama when the enemy is attacking and you are defending your territory like Donald Well, this is really interesting. So let me explain what happened recently. This is probably what he's talking about. Ron DeSantis apparently taught in a school in Florida right after he got his undergrad and while he was going for his law degree, I think, or right before he got his law degree. I don't know. He was in his mid to late 20s, I think. And apparently he had a habit of going to high school parties with high school kids and getting drunk with them. Dead serious. There's a picture of him out there with his arms around high school kids as a teacher. Really. Talk about grooming, right? Talk about getting the creepy people out of our classrooms. And here we have Ron DeSantis. Anyway, anyway. So Donald Trump posts that picture of Ron DeSantis with alcohol in his hand, standing next to two or maybe three high school girls at a high school party. Alcohol in his hand, okay? And he said, that's not Ron, is it? Or something like that. It, God, I love it, dude. So anyways, that's the drama that Shane Vaughn is probably talking about. That's my guess. That's not Donald Trump defending himself. He said that's a defense, right? And you are defending 
defending your territory like Donald Trump is. That's not him defending his territory. That's him tearing somebody down. We, again, don't let me stop you. Go nuts. I'm loving it. I'm just saying that's not defending yourself, right? That's going on the offense. That's not drama. That is spiritual warfare for the nation of America. Somebody says they were 18-year-old high schoolers at least, right? I don't think so. I'm not super 100% clear. I believe they were 17. But anyways, uh, yeah, Ron DeSantis is a scumbag anyways. I, that would just be one more thing to add to the pile. And it doesn't matter if those kids were under it. They could have been 14 years old and Ron could have purchased alcohol for them. It doesn't matter to the right. The right doesn't care. What they care about is winning elections and going completely mental on people. Anyway, keep listening to Shane Vaughn here. That is spiritual warfare for the nation of America. It's not pretty. It's not fun. It's not clean. But somebody's got to do it. Call me somebody. This guy is way too wrapped up in this. I'm telling you guys, it is a religion at this point. It is a religious movement that exists. I'm just curious to know if this is going to persist beyond Donald Trump's life. So when Trump kicks it in, uh, say, 20 years, dude's, you know, long gone at that point because he's going to age out of this at some point. Right. Is the religious movement behind it going to carry on? I have to wonder if people are going to continue believing in him as a messiah, even if he doesn't bring about the end like they believe he's going to or whatever. Is it going to be like a new Jesus situation? Like Jesus came to earth. He was supposed to be the son of man. He was supposed to be the cosmic judge that brought about the end and sparked Armageddon into being and all that stuff. But he died before any of that happened. So his followers said, oh, what do we do now? They said, he'll be back. He'll be back. He's coming back the second time. We've been waiting for him for thousands of years as a Messiah. We'll wait a little bit longer. They expected him to come back a second time in their lifetime, and he never did. We're still waiting 2,000 years later. I'm wondering if it's going to be the same type of situation with Donald Trump and his religious followers. Are they going to wait for him to come back a second time, or are they going to forget this ever happened? It's inter it'll be interesting to see how it plays out either way. Call me somebody. Somebody's got to do it. Roar 24. I have what the hell does Roar 24 mean? I have made up my mind. I'm more determined now than I've ever been to stand behind this president. I'm more determined now to stand behind the anointing. I don't agree with everything the man does, but I do agree with everything that God does. And if God's okay with the man, I'm ready to join hands with every one of you and sing like the old black churches used to sing. Okay, that was weird, but... How do you know that God is okay with him? That's the conundrum here, right? How do you know? Like, how do you know any of this information? Are you just going to sit there and tell me that God whispered it to you in the middle of the night? Is that how we're supposed to know? Is that why I'm supposed to trust you? How do you know if Trump loses God's mandate? How can we come to these conclusions? It is literally impossible. He's just going to assume until the day he dies that Trump is a messiah. 
It's nuts. So we've heard a, a ton of examples of him framing this in a religious context, right? He very obviously views Donald Trump as a religious figure, as a messiah, not just the president, not just still secretly behind the scenes pulling strings as the leader of the country or even the president of Earth, as some pastors like Johnny Enloe said, but a messiah. Listen to one more framing as a messiah. Early January 2023. Check this one out. Only God's hand, only Yahweh's hand, the almighty Yah of Israel can save America now. And the only way he can do it is with his hands. He did it in the Old Testament through a leader called Jeroboam, and he's going to do it again. I think he said Jeroboam, but it got kind of cut off there. going to do it again with a leader called Donald Trump and an army of truth. That army of truth is you. And ladies and gentlemen, you must never give up the faith. Give up the faith. He's framing a political candidate for political office as a religious leader. He believes that Trump is the new messiah. I don't know how to make this any clearer. Do you even care anymore? There are some of you watching me right now that are even looking at other candidates, Ron DeSantis and others. Shame on you! Hear the voice of truth! Yahweh raised up a deliverer for the nation of America to deliver her from the lies with the strength of truth. And I, okay, I don't know what that means, but it was awfully emotional. And I don't care who takes that out of context. Be my guest. Okay, and I feel like I have to understand what he's saying now. Let me just try to back this puppy up and listen again. America to deliver her from the lies with the strength of truth. Okay, deliver America from lies with the strength of truth. All right. And I don't care who takes that out of context. Be what context could that possibly be taken in? I, I don't feel like I'm taking this out of context, right? I feel like what he's trying to communicate is that Trump is a messiah, and he's going to deliver the country to God or, or something. Like, what, am I missing something? I guessed. God raised up a man, and he's going to raise him up again. And if you get off the Trump train, you're going to get on the trash train that goes to nowhere but the dump. The train, ladies and gentlemen. Recognize the hand of God on a man. Recognize his hand on a leader. Get behind him with his flaws. Whatever it is, get behind him and you'll be blessed. I said you will be blessed. Yahweh has blessed me beyond your wildest imagination. God, this is just weird, man. Just everything about it is strange. Because I stood for Donald Trump. That's absolutely strange, man. Well, look, I mean, one might speculate that I've been blessed too, right? For speaking out against your God Emperor Donald Trump, right? Like, I have a YouTube channel where I have the ability to communicate with 
massive um, I'm sorry with massive numbers of people and it's a regular job that pays like I get paid to do this job I would call that quote-unquote blessed in your world right so it so who's blessing me why do you think that you're being blessed by God and I'm being blessed by Satan when it could just as easily be the other way around maybe God loves me and hates Trump you ever consider that one how are you coming to all of these conclusions? The truth is he's assuming everything. Every conclusion that he's come to regarding Donald Trump or God or whatever else, Trump being the Messiah, uh, comparing him to Jesus constantly, all of those conclusions, he came to them through speculation. Nothing more, nothing less. There is no reason, no logical reason for him to believe that Trump is a Messiah. He's a religious leader. There is no reason to think that Trump controls the country or even the world as the secret president behind the scenes. There's no reason to believe any of this stuff, but he does. I don't know. This is absolutely nutty, man. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I'm fascinated by it. I anointed Shane's mom last night, Lamau. Oh, that's good. Okay. I, there was a joke in there somewhere. I couldn't think of it. Glad that uh, you finished that for me. I'll make sure that makes it to the end of the clip. Next, we're going to talk about a civil war within televangelist circles. It's not brewing anymore. It's exploding. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. There's a whole place called Jello Land in heaven. It really does exist. And then part of that land, of course, there's, there's houses made out of candy. They're made out of all kinds of things. She's describing heaven right now. This is a televangelist named Kat Kerr. She's actually pretty famous and well-known in the evangelical movement. Now, she's been criticized heavily by some evangelical leaders in the movement as being silly or having stupid ideas or whatever else. Particularly, she's being attacked and criticized by this guy right here, okay? If you don't know who these people are, let me introduce you to him. This is Mario Murillo. Again, both of them are very well known in the evangelical televangelist movement. Let me give you an idea of who this guy is some of the things that he's said and done recently. And then we're going to talk about his hypocritical criticisms of Kat Kerr. This is July 4th, 2021. It was about six months after Biden was inaugurated as the president. Uh, of course, he was an election denier, claimed that Trump won and all that other good stuff. One night after a week of studying everything that our kids are going through, in, the, in a late night of study, evil entered my room. And I knew it was evil. The room temperature dropped. It got dark. There was a stench. Wow, good thing you have a camera in your pocket everywhere you go, right? We can record these things. We can we can write this stuff down. We can like prove it. You can actually produce evidence for this stuff. Would you be surprised to find that he makes claims like this on a fairly regular basis and somehow evidence never turns up that he's talking to God or that Satan's out to get him or any of that? 
Never any evidence to show. Weird, huh? And I didn't feel like some underling had been sent to intimidate me. Oh, wow. I guess the main man himself, Satan, came to bother you, huh? Okay, you must be important. And when the devil spoke, he said, I will take your children. I will have them. I will put them in an early grave. Dude, you can hear the people in the background like murmuring like, no, not our children. Oh, my God, I'm so worried. Like they actually buy this. I will humiliate them. I will bend their gender, make them themselves. That bend their gender. What does that mean? It sounds fun. Suddenly the glory of God filled the room and God said, but I will pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters. Oh my God. Now the crowd's going wild. Standing ovation. They're all going crazy for him. They love him to death. I mean, this is all a flat out lie, of course, but okay. Somebody shout right now. And they will prophesy. They will prophesy. Somebody help me. We're going to... They will prophesy. Uh, it's weird. He gave the inflection in three different spots in that sentence, okay? Now, anyway, that's, uh, that's Mario Morello. Check this one out. Same event, July 4th, 2021. I, this one is really important because it relates to his criticisms of Kat Kerr, okay? Listen to what he says here. As uh, we are all here on this strange 4th of July. This I put a lot of cuts in. I faded to black. I just cut out, like, dead silences. I watched this entire event on my Telltale Unfiltered channel if you don't trust me or something. You want to see like the whole thing drawn out. You can listen to what he had to say. It's on there. But yeah, the, it's just dead silence. I didn't cut out any words. As uh, we are all here on this strange 4th of July, the strangest that America has known because we've never endured a fraud election before. We've never been in a position where it was so clear that we were under the lash of a rogue government. Okay, now, remember I said that that was going to be important. Keep that in mind as we move forward. Keep in mind what he just said about the 2020 election and the rogue government and all of it. So early December 2022, about a year and a half after that, right? He goes out on stage and starts his criticism campaign, if you will, of the prophet, supposed prophet, Kat Kerr, the woman that we talked about at the very beginning of the episode. Anyone that said that something was going to turn out a certain way and it didn't should be labeled a false prophet. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Did, is that something that he did? He actually did prophesy that Trump was going to win the election. And when he lost, of course, he claimed that it was fraud and all that other garbage. We just listened to him claiming that it was fraud. Now, the reason he's bringing this up now is because shortly before he went on stage and said all of this stuff, Kat Kerr, the woman we heard from at the beginning, claimed that there was going to be a red wave in 2022 midterms. And of course, there wasn't. It was lackluster. 
Democrats held the line in large part. Republicans only picked up a few seats, like six seats. They took the thinnest of majorities. And now this guy is coming out here criticizing Kat Kerr for getting it wrong. The irony is so thick, I can't see through it. If, if somebody said there's going to be a red tsunami and we get a pink leaky faucet, then you got to look at them and say, well, why am I following them? Absolutely. I agree 100%. I'm so glad that he's saying this. I can't believe he still has an audience to say it to, but okay. And I can let you know he does have a plan with the red tsunami. And yes, it did happen. Why am I listening to them? When they start telling you the bizarre things that they said they saw in heaven. There's a whole place called Jello Land in heaven. It really does exist. And in part of that land, of course, there's there's houses made out of candy. They're made out of all kinds of things. Dude, it's so painful. And it's obvious that he's criticizing Kat Kerr specifically, right? It didn't just stop here, by the way. The war has continued on. There's a lot more that's happened. Uh, I covered this specific clip a little while back. Uh, this was actually compiled by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist Twitter account. And... Um, and I think he has like friendlyatheist.com or .org website. He put this clip together originally, but more things have happened that I want to take a look at. But you know, it's fair of Mario Murillo to criticize something so ridiculous as the things that we're hearing coming from Kat Kerr's mouth. That's totally fair. It's just an embarrassment that he did the exact same stuff. The dude has no self-awareness. None. Okay. Well, Mario, prove to me that those things aren't in heaven. Easy. They're stupid. Okay, that doesn't prove anything at all. You've got to go a little further than they're stupid. I think it's kind of interesting to listen to him talk about this, though, because when you think about it, this is kind of him doing my job, right? He's stepping into my role. This is what I do. I talk about the ridiculous, hypocritical, contradictory nonsense that come out of these people's mouths 24-7. And it's not limited to Kat Kerr. Mario Murillo is not exempt. I criticize him all the time for this stuff. But he's kind of doing my job for me now, isn't he? A little bit. He's criticizing Kat Kerr. Well, I have to tell you, Mario, it's not really acceptable to just say it's stupid and move on. You have to give a little bit more than that seems to me it is stupid to imagine that that's going to be in heaven and it's not an amusement park anybody can like how do you know it's not an amusement park how do you know any of this it very well could be like the guy's not using logic the logical position is you don't know anything you know absolutely nothing about the situation she's coming along and claiming it's like an amusement park that bothers him because that's not the vision of heaven that he had. So he has to say that's stupid. He can't take the position that I take, which is, I don't know, because that doesn't seem to be good enough for him. Anybody can fly in heaven. You have a place where you learn, though. You do yeah. get to learn. You go by this place called Flyby near the amusement park, and you learn how to fly. Because the false prophets were sent at a key moment to distract the church. Oh, boy. That applies better to Mario Murillo than I think he'd probably be comfortable with. So that was kind of the beginning of the televangelist civil war, for lack of a better term. His 
direct attack on Kat Kerr and her theology, her belief that heaven is going to be this whimsical place with jello and flying and rocket packs and all that other stuff. It has just blown up into a full-blown civil war at this point. There's no more hinting around about it. Early February 2023, he comes out there and says this. Check this out. And it's our silence that's the problem. It isn't just the garish statements and the extreme off-the-rail nuttiness. And when someone asks me... Well Dude, this guy is hitting the nail on the head. Extreme nuttiness. I, I use that exact word. I love it to death. Ask me, well, how do you know there aren't those things in heaven? Well, I also don't know what it would be like to put my head in a dryer, but I can pretty well predict what it would be like. That doesn't tell us anything at all. You know nothing about what's in heaven. Kat Kerr is claiming to have visited heaven. She's claiming that God took her there, that she visits there regularly. Why is your claim that you know more about heaven more valid than her claim that she does? It's not. They are equally as valid, which is to say they're not valid at all, either of them. In reality, neither of you know anything about, uh, about how this works. They have no idea what it's like to go to heaven. They have never been brought there. They, God has never communicated with either of them. But they're going to pretend that they are more virtuous and more deserving of your trust and praise and admiration. They're going to pretend that the other is more ridiculous. In a dryer, but I can pretty well predict what it would be like. And that's how absurd it is for me to sit there and say, why is the onus on me to prove to you that there's ponds made out of pudding and there's, uh, there's resorts? Of course not. Okay, the onus was never on him to prove that there were ponds made of pudding. Kat Kerr is, is coming out and claiming that God took her there and showed her the ponds made of pudding. He's very obviously talking about Kat Kerr here, even though he hasn't named her specifically yet. If you follow this to any degree, like I do, you'll know it's Kat Kerr he's talking about. She's like the only major one that talks about ponds of pudding and stuff. But the onus is not on him. Like, he doesn't seem to understand how logic works at all. It's not. Angels this is ridiculous. To... In fact, it's it, absolutely... It, it, it almost borders on mental illness, as far as I'm concerned. And some of these things... Dude, I, I love it. I'm so glad that they seem to be recognizing this stuff. Now, if they could just take it that one extra step, you know, if they could just zoom out a little bit and look at, like, the, the bigger picture and their role in it, we would be in good shape. It seems like they're not trying to get to truth right now. They're trying to get more followers of their own. It seems like that's what's happening. By the way, this is Stephen Strang on the left. These things by themselves disqualify. By themselves. Exactly. I mean, why discuss it? And the fact is that they, they use superstition, you know, yes. to, to say that God is going to judge if you don't believe them. That is some kind yes. of superstition. They're trying to make people afraid God's going to... Dude, I love it. Oh, my God. They're picking up on it. They're realizing now. They're doing the exact same thing. They probably haven't realized that much yet. They've been doing the exact same thing this whole time. You trying to tell me they don't, like Mario Murillo doesn't realize that he uses superstition and fear tactics to lock people into his megachurch? Of course he does. 
He's been doing that this entire time. There's no self-awareness to be had here. He is not exempt from any of this. He has had his fair share of ridiculous claims. And somehow, he's pretending he's completely exempt. This blows me away. God is going to judge if you don't believe them. That is some kind yes. of superstition. They're trying to make people afraid God's going to zap them. They should be afraid that God's going to zap yes. them. Okay, so this is another part that I found particularly interesting. It's obvious he's talking about Kat Kerr up to this point, but when they said that specific thing, I realized they're talking about another person too. Talking about somebody named Robin Bullock, this fine-looking young, young fella right here with the beautiful hair and honestly deeply snazzy jacket. I don't know what other word applies here. Listen to this, mid-November 2021. And while you listen, remember the words that Stephen Strang just said. You know, yes. to, to say that God is going to judge if you don't believe them, that is some kind yes. of superstition. They're trying to make people afraid God's going to zap them. They should be afraid that God's going to zap yes. them. Remember those words. Now listen to what Robin Bullock had to say, mid-November 2021. Uh, he's another televangelist, by the by apologize go ahead and apologize well no how about that just so you can hear me again no he's talking about being criticized for claiming that donald trump really secretly won the election in 2020 and you are distrusting and disbelieving what he says and he's deeply offended by that because god told him trump was going to win and that means that Trump absolutely did win the 2020 election. And you denying that fact is you denying God. That's what he's saying. People called for him as a false prophet to apologize. The least that he could do. And he says, no. Because you are wrong. You keep your doctrines. But I'll tell you what, you are going to answer for trying to regulate the Lord's prophets. You, with your big educations. Absolutely. I am so afraid. But you, you caught what he said there, right? He said, you're going to answer for trying to regulate a prophet of the Lord or whatever. That's him using superstition against people, just like Stephen Strang and Mario Murillo said. He's trying to scare you into believing what he says. You're going to answer for trying to regulate a prophet of the Lord and telling a prophet of the Lord that what God said is not true, but what you said is true. You're in trouble. You're in trouble now. You know, I'd be willing to accept it if any of it happened. Like, you can't... Well, I wouldn't be willing to accept it then because it was a ridiculous thing to say in the first place. You have a, a dice roll, a 50-50 chance, okay? Either Biden's going to be president or Trump's going to be president. And it turned out Biden was going to be president. Just because you said Trump is going to be president doesn't mean you had divine insight. But that's, you know, beside the fact. The point I'm trying to make here is that Robin Bullock is absolutely obsessed with the idea that he was right all along. And he is, in fact, using fear tactics and superstition to scare people into believing that he was right all along. If he was right all along, then Trump would be president. That's like the bare minimum that would have to happen for, for him to have been correct, for anybody to take him seriously at all. Keep listening to what these people said about it. It was obvious they were talking about Robin Bullock there. 
They should be afraid that God's going to zap yes. them. When you say, Absolutely. thus saith the Lord, and you're speaking as a false prophet, they're going to have to stand in front of God. And I believe actually long before then, these ministries are going to tumble. Yeah, so it was most definitely a false prophecy. Very obvious there. I don't know how it could get any more clear. Robin Bullock falsely prophesied that Donald Trump is going to be the president. But you know who else falsely prophesied? As uh, we are all here on this strange 4th of July, the strangest that America has known, because we've never endured a fraud election before. Now, that, that may not sound like a prophecy specifically. I didn't include the, prof the prophetic part, but he most definitely prophesied about the election. And after Trump lost, Murillo continued on to claim that Trump really did win. Couldn't give it up, just like Robin Bullock. The hypocrisy is so thick, you can't see through it, okay? It's ridiculous. These are going to tumble, and people need to be warned. People need to avoid these people. People need to quit giving them money, watching them on YouTube, unless you're wanting a few laughs. Um, yes. I mean, seriously, uh, the, the body of Christ, as we call it, the church, which yes. has many forms, needs to get a life and to see yes. what's going on. Okay, I don't, I don't know what that, get a life. The, the church needs to get a life and see what's going on. That's weird. They act like they are better than Kat Kerr and Robin Bullock. They're not. Okay, I cover these people equally. They say just as ridiculous stuff. They engage in the same exact faith-healing garbage as all of the others. They engage in all of the BS prophetic nonsense as everyone else. They are no better than the rest. Check this one out. Early February 2023, he continues on to talk about this. To those who are rational believers... who Rational believers, okay. ...who trust the Word of God, who believe in the fivefold gifts, will understand what I'm about to say. The motivation for my blog was, number one, lost souls, because Peter said these false teachers would cause the way of truth to be slandered. And he can't accept that he's one of those false teachers, so he has to point the finger at somewhere at somebody else, right? Go on the Internet. There, are, uh, there is a, there's a, a site called Christianity Nightmares. Mm. Okay, it's a Twitter account called Christian Nightmares. And yeah, I follow him. I get some material from him uh, from time to time. Mm. And one of their main features to demonstrate to people why you should never have anything to do with Christianity is they're playing videos of these prophets and what wow. they're saying. Mario Murillo included. Is he, does he think he's exempt from this? Really? I mean, Christian Nightmares, Hemant Mehta, Ron Filipkowski, I mean, Right Wing Watch... These are all Twitter accounts and websites and YouTube channels that cover all of these people. And guess what? Mario Murillo is right alongside them with the rest of them. I talk about Kat Kerr and Robin Bullock and Mario Murillo and Hank Kuhneman and Kenneth Copeland. They are no better or worse than any of the rest. I don't know why he's playing this game like he wants to set himself apart from them. He's just as ridiculous as the rest. Always has been. Anyway, I'm honestly glad to see what appears to be a televangelist civil war breaking out. I mean, that's the best I can think of to describe it, right? 
this guy seems to be attacking other televangelists, and I'm here for it. I'm here for every second of it. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about right-wing figures like Pete Santilli's rhetoric getting completely out of hand. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. triple boosting people, a bunch of satanic, chimeric parasite injecting, uh, snake venom peptide eugenicist. How many adjectives was that to describe people that you don't like? People who are to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. My God, dude, this guy is a problem. If you're unfamiliar, this is Pete Santilli. He is a far-right conspiracy theorist with a talk show on Rumble and Telegram and a bunch of other different places. He's got his own podcast and stuff like that. Absolutely nutty, some of the stuff he believes. So I want to talk about some of his ideas, some of his beliefs, and where his rhetoric seems to be going right now because it's getting kind of concerning. This is from early August 2021. This is a conversation that Pete Santilli had with former congressional candidate i think or maybe she was a member of congress i don't remember if she ever succeeded or not she's not a member of congress now but this is deanna lorraine on the right he had a conversation with deanna lorraine um she was also a correspondent for Infowars at one point yeah check this out listen to what he had to say here the people now that are learning more about the adverse impact of getting vaccinated there was no adverse impact of getting vaccinated. He lives in a conspiracy land. They're having regrets about it because we're hearing about this shedding uh, that's yeah. going on. And the vaccine shedding. The shedding. and No, no, completely false. There are vaccines out there that are capable of what he's referring to as shedding. I, I forget exactly where this happened. Some African country, I believe, received a bunch of polio vaccines, right? But they weren't like the shots. They were the oral kind that you drink it. Vaccines can be created in a number of ways. One of the ways in which they're created is by deactivating or, or truncating the active part of the virus off. Like the virus is seemingly a living organism that kind of crawls around and does its thing, although there's debate about whether or not it's alive. But it crawls around and, and, you know, gets into places and does its thing. That's what viruses do. So you can kill the virus. That's one way of doing it. Or you can, you know, cut the DNA part off of the virus and put that in an oral solution for people to drink. Years ago, there was a polio vaccine that wasn't completely deactivated. It wasn't completely killed or truncated or something and they gave it to some people, and they shed the virus. It made a lot of people sick. You have to make sure you're getting high-quality, tested, lab-created vaccines uh, without a shadow of a doubt. So in those cases, shedding is possible, but not with this specific vaccine, not with the mRNA COVID vaccine. Shedding does not happen like that. So he's just making things up. And also... Um the, the the activation of the graphene oxide is actually sitting there dormant, but if it gets energized by something like 5G. 
Oh, wow. He's mixing a bunch of conspiracies together. There's no graphene oxide in the COVID vaccine. Never was. Completely made up, of course. And what does he mean activated by 5G? Okay, I have 5G on my phone. I have for like a year. 5G's been around for like ever, first of all. And second, what effect is 5G supposed to have on graphene oxide? And third, graphene oxide's not in the vaccine. Like, what's he talking about? Literally, every step of his belief system, every assertion that he just made was false. Every one of them. Every premise that he just built this off of is wrong. It actually kills all the cells around it. That is so crazy to me. You know, if you hear something that's crazy to you, if you hear some idea that makes you think, you know, that's weird, right? Maybe you should rethink. Maybe you should research it and look it up and see if that's actually real or if that really is just crazy. Never crossed his head. Guy decided just to go straight to crazy town, skip all the stops, and assume that all of this stuff is true without researching it one bit. Now, he's probably one of those people that did his own research, right? Can you imagine if they just, like, activate and said, oh, all right, a million people are going to be gone, you know, just by right. energizing the graphene oxide. Dude, I love it. When did this video come out? This is, like, August 2021, right? Yeah, August 2021. And here we sit, years later, years later, okay? This never happened. 5G was active when this video came out, and this never happened. They're shameless, man. This guy is absolutely shameless gone you know just by right. energizing the graphene oxide and that's the thing people don't really know exactly what's in it you know those people no we know what's in it we know exactly what's in the vaccine we knew exactly what was in it before we don't know the exact process that they use to produce it because that would be protected by intellectual property you can debate about whether or not that you know we should know exactly what the process is for the greater good but we know what's in it we have to know for allergy purposes. Of course, we know what's in it. People, Biden, even Trump, any of these representatives, you know, they're not taking the real vaccine live on TV when they pretend that they do. You know that they're not that stupid. They're not doing that. Um, they're leaving us to do that. Why would they lie about that? This makes no sense at all. So anyway, that's Pete Santilli. We just want to give you a little primer on who the guy is before we really enter crazy town with him. Check this one out. Early February 2023, reasonably new episode. Listen to what he had to say. He's still on this vaccine thing. Filthy Pfizer Satanists, okay? Okay. Triple boosting people, bunch of satanic, chimeric parasite injecting, uh, snake venom peptide eugenicist. Dude, I feel like every word that he just picked out has some fractal meaning among the MAGA nutbags, right? Like, w what were all of those words? Some peptide, parasite, something or other? Like, what do all those mean? I know what some of them mean. When he said parasite, I know that there's a real movement in within MAGA circles of people who believe that you're basically injecting a synthetic parasite, like an actual synthetic egg that hatches into, like, a mechanical parasite. That like leeches your something, blah, 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 I don't even know from there. Every one of those words was very specifically and intentionally chosen. I just don't know what they all meant. That's crazy. Injecting uh, snake venom peptide eugenicist. Disgusting people. It's time. You know what we need to do? Uh-oh. He's about to go off the rails, isn't he? Um, 
Pfizer is just a manufacturing plant for Satan, okay? We need to shut that freaking place down. Shut it down. Destroy Pfizer now. Do it now. Okay, now what we're listening to at this point is something called stochastic terrorism. Stochastic terrorism is the idea that you can demonize somebody or something from a public platform to the point that the listening audience is statistically likely, at least one of them in the audience, is statistically likely to be crazy enough to do something, to follow your instructions. I mean, how many people are listening to Pete? I think he has 100,000 subbies on Rumble or somewhere in there. He's got even more than that on Telegram, I think. That's, that's not little. That's pretty big. Statistically, say 1% of those 100,000 people that follow him or listen to him say this just now or whatever are crazy enough. You know, they got some kind of a condition that makes them more willing to do something absolutely unhinged like that. And of that 1%, a further 1% have the, the means to do it, the, the, the weapons that would be required, and the car to transport them to these locations. Statistically speaking, at least a few, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people have the means, the motive, and the opportunity to do something absolutely unhinged when he says something like this. That is stochastic terrorism. And that seems to be the M.O. of the MAGA movement right now. Keep listening because it gets worse. He just said shut it down. Somebody shut it down, right? That was tame compared to what he's about to say. Destroy Pfizer now. Do it now. Do it now. Go over the wall. Get into their freaking buildings. Unplug all their freaking equipment. <laughs> Let's go. It's time to storm the Bastille, is it not? Mm. Huh? This woman is just like, mm, she's giving absolutely no feedback here. I love it. Oh, that's illegal. Really? They're killing people and bragging about it and sponsoring this freaking crap right here. Okay, this is a, a, a different story I'll tell you about in a second. But this is what happens when people get all wrapped up in a conspiracy. This right here. They are willing to go to disturbing lengths, deeply disturbing lengths to stop some perceived injustice, even if that injustice is completely fabricated. But let's step back. Listen to what he said again real quick. And sponsoring this freaking crap right here. So this, what he's referring to, this is the Grammy performance. Apparently there's a song called Unholy that was performed at the Grammys. It was just some people expressing themselves artistically. That's it at the Grammys. Who cares, right? And on top of that, Pfizer was a sponsor there. So at a commercial break, they said, this is sponsored by Pfizer or whatever. And they, of course, believe that Satan and Pfizer are the two most evil things in the entire universe. So it was like one conspiracy built on top of another with this guy. He's convinced that there's some cabal out there trying to pull strings like puppet masters and cause problems for everybody. Here, they should be shut down for sponsoring this level of Satanism that should never occur here on Earth. Dude, what happened to freedom? What happened to everyone's right to express themselves freely? What happened to that? You know what happened to it, really? It never existed. They never believed in that. 
There's a guy named Richard Spencer. You may have heard of him a while back. He got pretty famous. He's a Nazi. I think he claims credit for starting the alt-right movement. I don't know if that's even true or not, but he went on a show back in 2018, late May 2018, to talk to this guy about free speech and how he feels about it. Remember, this guy, at least at this time, was a massive representative for the right. Uh, but as far as government regulation, I mean, yes, I think in the short term we would favor government regulation of speech, but long term, uh, are we even pro-free speech? No, of course not. But we have to use this platform in order. So we're, we're being radically honest here. And, yes, yeah. radically pragmatic. Yes. They were never in favor of free speech, the people on the right. This is just one more example of it. They were never in favor of free speech. You don't protect free speech so you can talk about apple pie. If you don't protect speech you disagree with, if you don't defend free speech you don't like, you don't like free speech at all. And here we sit listening to this guy call his audience to arms to do something about these people using their right to free speech, their First Amendment right. What happened to these supposed constitutionalists, these supposed free speech absolutists? What happened to them? The idea went right out the window the moment it was convenient. Here on Earth, Pfizer corporatism must be destroyed, must be destroyed. This escalation in rhetoric of extreme rhetoric like this, it's not really new. You know, it's been escalating like this for a while. In fact, it's been at this point for a while, right? But it's disturbing to see for a litany of reasons. Let's talk about some of them. Let's talk about why this is so disturbing that we're at this point right now. Now, before we get there, let me just put this on record. I don't think that things are going to fall apart in the United States. I don't think that this is going to descend into a civil war. I do, however, think that we need to talk about it. We need to draw attention to it when people say and do things like this. If we can draw attention to this and make people aware of what's happening right now on the right and how absolutely unhinged things are getting, I think people will step in and say, stop Trump from winning an election like what happened in 2020. I think voters will turn out and prevent these people from taking positions of authority. I think people in positions of authority will prevent conspiracy theories from spreading like wildfire, at least kill the virality of the conspiracy theories. As long as we're aware that this situation is happening in society, I think things will go the way that they need to go over time. We just need to Keep chugging along, keep fighting, keep moving, keep doing what we can do to make the situation better. So I don't want this to be like a defeatist, like a doom scrolling type of situation. I, I don't even view it that way. I just think we need to draw attention to it is all. This one's from mid-September 2022, and I have to play this for you to give you an idea of my position on this situation, on the fact that people like Pete Santilli on the right are repeating this type of stuff, are actually calling for this type of thing. Here's another example of a guy on the right, John Zimmerak is his name, I believe. 
Incredibly influential person, by the way. He's not just some lone nut. He's actually well-known on the right. This is a sample of what he seems to believe is happening in America right now. When the Nazis attacked Jewish stores and got away with it, that told people persecution, real genocidal persecution is down the road. Right now in America, our government and the leftist institutions that support it from the Ivy League to large numbers of churches uh, to the mainstream of the Republican Party, which supports it by, by being afraid to fight it, it's reminding me of the buildup in the 1990s in Rwanda, the buildup towards genocide. The Hutus were a ma the majority, but they, didn't they weren't as wealthy or successful as the minority Tutsis. So they resented them. They wanted their stuff. They wanted their power. They wanted their money. And they started demonizing the Tutsis, calling them cockroaches on, on, on radio shows. Okay, it's really fascinating to hear him characterize the situation this way. If you're not familiar with the, the thing that happened in Rwanda, the way that it all played out, let me just kind of give you a breakdown of how it actually happened, because he's not characterizing it correctly at all. Back in the early to mid-1900s, I believe, Britain colonized Rwanda. It's a country in Africa, right? When they came to Rwanda, they discovered that there were multiple tribes. There was the Hutu tribe, there was the Tutsi tribe, not the Tutsi tribe, but the Tutsi tribe. And then there was another one, um, the Iwa tribe, maybe? I don't remember. The other tribe, the third one, though, I think they're hunter-gatherers, so they were totally you know, out of the fray or out of the mix in this situation and, and not really relevant for the story I'm about to tell. The Hutus and the Tutsis were effectively exactly the same for all intents and purposes. The differences were negligible. But when the, when the British colonists came to Rwanda, they noticed that some of the Tutsi tribe were slightly taller and maybe a little bit lighter skinned than the Hutu just by a little bit. Almost impossible to tell the differences between the two, honestly. So the British, thinking that you know the Tutsi tribe looked more like them than the Hutu did, gave them positions of authority. They put them in positions of government. They allowed them to run things, to be the bosses, effectively, over the Hutu. They created a second-class citizen out of the Hutus, out of the Hutu tribe. And they created ID cards that, that listed your tribe, Hutu or Tutsi. You weren't, allowed to, uh, you weren't allowed to do certain things. You weren't allowed to go certain places. You weren't allowed any kind of position of authority or importance. You made almost nothing. You were an underclass as a Hutu back in the 1900s. That's how it worked. Eventually, the Hutu being, I believe, the majority, they were like 90% to the Tutsis, 10%. The Hutu were the majority, but they were terribly mistreated. They were treated as second-class citizens. It came to the point where there was a lot of stochastic terrorism taking place. They were, uh, they, he's correct, they were calling them cockroaches and stuff like that. Until one day, the call went out to cut the tall trees. That's the saying, cut the tall trees. And that was the phrase, the, or that was the code word or the code phrase needed to signal the beginning 
of a full-blown genocide against the Tutsi tribe. It was a f- it was bad. It was as bad as what happened in Germany in World War II. And what made it even worse is that every single one of them had an ID card, had a, a, li- a driver's license with their tribe and their address on it. So when the Hutus stormed the Capitol buildings and gained access to the records, they had a list of every Tutsi tribe member's address, and they went house to house searching for them and taking them out. It was deeply ugly. It lasted for 100 days. 100 days, and nobody in the world said a word. Complete silence. The world looked on while they went house to house and took them out one after another. I think Belgium may have been in charge by the time the attack started. I think the British colony fell and then Belgium took over something like I don't remember exactly how it played out, but the point stands. Eventually, the Tutsi tribe escaped, or some of them did, formed a militia and went through the uh, and went through the country regaining control and establishing order. Do you know the name of the group that they formed, the Tutsi tribe? They called it the Rwandan Patriotic Front. The Rwandan Patriotic Front. Does that name sound familiar to you? Remember these guys right here, early December 2021, they went marching through the capital? This was Patriot Front is the name of this group, and they believe that they are obligated to retake the country in the name of the white race or something like that. Absolutely nuts, man. These people basically modeled their organization, their goals, their interests, their plans, even their name after what happened in Rwanda. And here is a video of them actually training for and preparing for war in 2021. This is the type of thing that we're dealing with right now. You know, the people on the right, I'd venture as far as to say the people on the far right. It's not everybody on the right. But there is a, a real contingent on the right of nutter butters who seem to think that the white race or whatever is about to be attacked just like the Tutsis were. I mean, you heard what the guy said, John Zimmerak, what he was saying about the Tutsis. Listen to his characterization of this one more time now that you have the full background to like the, the context to understand what was happening. Build up in the 1990s in Rwanda, the build up towards genocide. The Hutus were a ma- the majority, but they didn't ha- they weren't as wealthy or successful as the minority Tutsis. So they resented them. They wanted their stuff. They wanted their power. They want that. No, no, no to all of that. Like, be fair about this situation. They were sick of being second class citizens. They were unfairly placed on the bottom rung of society and not allowed to move up because the Tutsis supposedly 
looked more like white Europeans than the Hutus did. He obviously identifies himself with the, the Tutsi race, right, in this situation, and believes himself to be a victim. Their money, and they started demonizing the Tutsis, calling them cockroaches on, on, on radio shows. There was a lot of stochastic terrorism, but again, where do you hear the stochastic terrorism coming from? This video that I'm making right now, it started with Pete Santilli demonizing Pfizer and calling for some absolutely unhinged stuff, you remember? Where is this type of language actually coming from? I haven't heard a word of stuff like this from anybody on the left. Maybe there's some lone nutter butter out there saying this crazy stuff, but no people in positions of authority or power are saying this on the left. John Zimmerak is in a position of authority and power. Pete Santilli is in a position of authority. People listen to them. They're public influencers. They're public figures. And they are actually calling for this stuff. He, he has the roles reversed is really the problem here. He is pushing us further down the road that the Rwandans went down originally. Now, like I said, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I seriously deeply doubt that's going to happen to the bottom of my heart. But he's reaching for it. He's pushing it there. He's doing everything he can. And he has somehow placed himself in the opposite position because he has a persecution complex. He believes that he's the one being persecuted. News co hosts would refer to Tutsi cockroaches. The way I see people talking about white people, about Christians, about so-called Christian nationalists. What people? Who? Tell me specifically. Give me names. What specific people have you heard talking that way about white people, Christians, or whoever else? This is completely made up, fabricated right out of the ether. This is not happening. They talk about us the same way. We're not making this up. It, it, yes, they are. If you ignore this now, you become part of the problem. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. This is really wicked. I want to be honest. I want to be clear. This is really wicked. John is not exaggerating about this. Yes, he is. These people are unhinged from reality, man. Absolutely unhinged from reality. And unfortunately, they're not nobodies. I'm not doing the old nut picking thing here where I pick somebody out who has no platform at all, just some lone nutcase on Twitter with three followers. That's not what I'm doing. These people have massive public platforms. The weirdest thing is I don't even think they believe that they're the ones being targeted. Just listen to what Zimmerak said to Eric Metaxas like a month earlier. Listen to this. This is spiritual warfare, and we are now in, in the Normandy landing of spiritual warfare the democratic party is possessed by preternatural evil it is not a human institution anymore it is an instrument of wicked spirits i mean any of this sounding familiar how can he possibly sit there with a straight face and say he's the persecuted one and within the month say this stuff spirits this is demonic our enemies are demonic really it's with a straight face he's saying this and then claiming to be a victim claiming that 
Everybody else is after him. As he says these words, that is unhinged. These people are not nobodies. They appear in stadiums full of tens of thousands of people. Eric Metaxas, specifically, this guy. That's whose show John Zimmerak was on. They're not nobodies. Pete Santilli is not a nobody. And he is out here calling for some absolutely disturbing stuff right now. And let me know what you think about it in the comments. I think this is absolutely nutty. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen. And I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's Seminar Series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV Show, and Televangelists Prophesying About Politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening